Not all quarantines are created equal. It honestly was totally like unreal. Like every single day I saw someone die alone. For some people, COVID-19 is a frustrating inconvenience. For Lexi Green, COVID-19 is a slow motion crisis of faith. There were days when I thought in my mind, I was like, I cannot handle, I cannot handle a minute more of this. This is the sixth in a special Stories of Hope coronavirus series. In this episode, after she left work every day, after she'd seen more than any one person should ever see, Lexi Green would walk across the hospital parking lot to her car, get in, hit the record button on her phone, and start talking. I have never been more confident in my calling as a nurse. I do not regret going into nursing. When I would call my family and I would talk to them, I didn't want to burden them with the things that I was seeing. And um, I just I just felt like I couldn't really talk to anyone about it. And so I started making diaries. Um, I just haven't really been sleeping well. I've honestly been having nightmares about work, like of people dying. It was very like honest and like open and vulnerable. And I wasn't really sure if I was like ready to share that with people. Um, every day I come in and I know that I'm facing an uphill battle, just like all other healthcare workers. It seems like every day we come in. What follows is an audio excursion into ICU, a place where now only a few brave souls are allowed to go. Lexi Green has been there, but living to tell about it has turned out to be harder than she ever could have imagined. And then, because people are afraid, because people are isolated, now is when the world needs to know the hope only Christ can give. We'll talk with Bryant Wright, the new president of Sin Relief, about how even right now, you can meet needs and share Christ. From Sin Relief, this is a special coronavirus Stories of Hope. The story of Lexi Green's love affair with New Orleans starts like this. Several years ago, a small town Alabama girl takes a spring break mission trip to the big city of New Orleans. And it was crazy, and it was strange, and it was beautiful, and it was love at first sight. Coming from like rural Alabama, it really scared me a little bit in the beginning, to be honest. But I really fell in love with the city. And like literally the day after I got back, I just felt like the Lord was calling me back there. And so I went to my campus minister and I said, like, I have to go back. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I just felt like the Lord was calling me back there. And um, that's how I got connected with Jensen. Gen Send is a summer-long Send Relief program that pairs up young people with big city compassion ministries and new church plants. In the summer of 2017, Lexi Green went back to New Orleans, just like she said she would. But this time, she went with Gen Send. And the rest, as they say, 
is history. That summer was probably one of the most life-changing experiences that I had ever had. Um, the Lord taught me so much about what it's like to live on mission, and it kind of, I guess, just gave me that desire that when I graduated from college to move to a city to strategically like plant myself with um, a church and then also using my career as nursing to minister to people in the city as well. That is how it happened. That is how, when Lexi graduated from college in 2018, she applied for just one job in one place. For her, it would be New Orleans or nothing. The more I thought about it and the more I prayed about it, I was like, I think that the Lord is leading me here. And so I applied for a job, just one job. I was like, if this is where you want me to be, please make it abundantly clear for me. Um, and the next morning I woke up with an email from a recruiter and I was hired within the week. Lexi Green graduated with a degree in nursing from the University of North Alabama. She moved to Louisiana. She started working at Oxner Medical Center in Kenner. Everything went according to plan, until it didn't. I remember, I guess about two months ago when talk of the coronavirus was start, starting to like pop up. And we were all kind of fearful because we didn't really know what to expect. And then when we first started seeing cases pop up, it, it happened like so quickly, like that we didn't really have time to think about it. Like we saw our first case and then it seemed like the next week we were almost completely overwhelmed. When her ICU began to fill up with critically ill coronavirus patients, and then when family and friends were not allowed in to see them, that's when Lexi's stress level began to rise. That's when COVID-19 started to become her own personal pandemic. That was one of the most difficult parts for me is that a lot of our patients are, you know, in the hospital, they can't see their families. And then a lot of them are dying alone. Their families can only see them for a few minutes, if any at all. And so nurses have to be in there with them. And we're, you know, the last like contact that they have. And so that's when I kind of started making the video diaries. Today is March 26, 2020. I am an ICU nurse and this is one of the ways that I'm trying to cope with my job. Um, Lexi began recording in her diary after every shift. The best days were just okay. The bad days were horrible. There were no days that were just routine. So I had my first COVID-related death today, and it was honestly one of the hardest things I've ever had to witness as a I would sit in my car after my shift, and I would cry, and I would just pray, like, over my patients and my coworkers. And I'm so thankful for my coworkers. They encourage me daily, and they always help me, and that's something I 
always pray daily is that I hope that I can be a light to my coworkers and that I can be as kind. I started making the diaries to help me process. And then the more that I started talking, the more that I found that I was really talking to God and praying because in my mind, I was like relying on my own strength. I mean, no, I can't, I can't handle one more of it, minute, minute more of this. But I think something that was important for me to pray was just reliance on the Lord. Through this experience, um, the Lord has really been teaching me a lot, and my relationship with Him has Lexi grown talked and talked, and the then she talked some more. And, um, she talked until she trusted. So That's how God and used her diary, not just to keep her going, but to get her ready for what came next. So I um, <clears throat> started feeling bad while I was at work, and decided to check my temperature and I had a fever um, so my boss wanted to send me home to be tested for the coronavirus. Lexi tested positive for COVID-19 and when she found out she but dealt with it the same way she had dealt with everything else. She talked until she trusted. I've seen what's been happening with these patients so there is like a level of fear there that things could you know get worse but I know that the Lord is gonna take care of me. I'm just praying. I remember that day driving home. I think I cried more than that day than I had any other day. And it was more out of just like fear for what's you know going to happen. Cause I know that like a lot of my coworkers are getting sick and just worry for, I guess my patients, you know, like if we're not there to take care of them, then who is going to be able to, to do that? It was about this time when Lexi was in quarantine that she decided to make her private diary public. She put all of her entries together and then before she put it all on Facebook, she added one final entry. And if you don't have a relationship with God, I encourage you to seek Him out. Um, there is so much pain and suffering in this world, and we in our own human minds can't understand it, but um, we can know and trust that God is in control. And if you have any questions about God or having a relationship with God, please feel free to message me here on Facebook. Or if you she was not prepared for the response. I want to be able to walk you through that, um, what it's like having a relationship with Him. I've had people that I don't even know, like message me on Facebook to tell me that they, that my video encouraged them, you know, to seek out God and to grow in their relationship with him. And I've also been able to have conversations with my coworkers, like deep theological conversations and I've made myself available to them to like, for them to call me after their shift, just to talk in the same way that I talked through my video diaries. Sometimes a coronavirus story has a happy ending. This is one of those times. Lexi Green is now healthy. She's now back at work, and she now has an entirely new understanding of why she is where she is. I've been really been thinking about, you know, why the Lord brought me here and because it has been difficult, but I was just always taught, you know, like through Jensen to live on mission wherever you are. 
I know that I have a purpose to serve him in the local church and then also just to glorify him in my job. And so, yes, I think that there has definitely been a lot of good that has come out of the situation. And that was something that I was praying for. I never would have imagined that it would have gone this far, but I am so thankful that the Lord is using it um, to encourage people. And now, part two of our program. Just over two months ago, Bryant Wright was named the new president of Sin Relief. Then, days later, COVID-19 changed the world. Last week, we talked with Bryant about what it was like to step into that role at that time. Bryant Wright, thank you so much uh, for uh, taking time to talk with us today. I really appreciate it. Glad to be with you, Tony. To, to the people who might not know uh, you and kind of your background, can, can you kind of tell us a little bit about where you come from and, and maybe how God is, has kind of uniquely shaped you to be in the role that you've taken on now? Well, Tony, I had the privilege to be the founding pastor at Johnson Ferry Baptist Church in the East Cobb area, suburban area of North Atlanta, and uh, was able to stay for 38 years. I know not many church planners stay in one church for 38 years. And about uh, 25 years ago, global missions really became the major focal point of missions, uh, the Great Commission and global missions as people were going out on short-term mission trips and building partnerships around the globe. And God just did an amazing work. And so having the Great Commission as a primary focus of Johnson Ferry and heavy on my heart, um, when I came to that time, I feeling it was time to let go of Johnson Ferry and hand it off to a younger pastor uh, that could lead the church and reaching uh, the next generations. Um, I had no desire to retire from ministry. And so when Paul Chitwood, the president of IMB, uh, the International Mission Board of our convention called about uh, the possibility of serving in um, compassion, mercy type ministries that they had been engaged in, uh, and the person who had been heading that up was retiring, I really was very intrigued about that because especially reaching in the unreached areas where it's hard to get to folks, compassion and mercy ministries really open doors and win the right to be heard. And then as we continue to talk, uh, we just talked about the possibility of combining with what NAM has been doing, the North American Mission Board, uh, with sin relief and really naming the worldwide focus sin relief, both national and international. And so through all those discussions, um, Kevin Ezell, the president of NAM, and Paul Chitwood, president of the International Mission Board, asked me to be the first president of this. But very excited about this opportunity. And really, in light of how God blessed Johnson Ferry with uh, becoming a, a great commission congregation in a very exciting way, I think that was really foundational for having this new opportunity in ministry that God has given if anything, I, th I think it's given you a, a front row seat to what can really happen uh, when God's people respond. What, what about Sin Relief's COVID-19 response have you seen that's been encouraging to you? Well, on the national front, uh, we have been able to send uh, uh, masks to healthcare workers uh, in areas around the country 
not only through Sin Relief, but through just Southern Baptist Christians in their localities and states reaching out and Sin Relief being a support of that. I uh, actually had an 18-wheeler from our warehouse in um, uh, the Upper South that uh, donated a huge amount of those resources for healthcare workers. But internationally, it's been extremely exciting that now there are 145 projects, over $700,000 has been used in 145 projects around the world, 45 nations mostly in food and hygiene relief and sanitation relief, um, everything that you can imagine. And especially in poverty-stricken areas, especially in very hard to reach uh, extreme areas, uh, whether it's in the Middle East and North Africa or Southeast Asia, Central Asia, South Asia, just some very difficult places to reach. And uh, especially focusing on widows and orphans and uh, specific needs that arise in those situations. So it's been very exciting to be a part of that. Um, so all this is being coordinated here from the states through partners in, in a ministry that we have around the world. What would be your message to people who want to do something? In what ways can they partner with Sin Relief right now? Well, uh, to pray first of all about what God might be putting on your heart in your locality, because we're also homebound right now. And think about what you can do in helping in your local area, whether it is food resources, whether it is helping with the healthcare workers and uh, things that can be done there. But then uh, you'll be sharing with our listeners at the end of this broadcast, just ways that people can donate to Send Relief. And if you would prefer it to be an international project, you can designate that. If you prefer it to be a national project, you can designate that. But if it is to be a sin relief donation, um, about 70% of that goes to international projects, about 20% to NAM, and 10% and goes to other specific projects uh, that are a part of giving to sin relief generally. What excites you about this new role that you're in right now? Well, I think being able to share the love of Christ in a very tangible way so that we can share the ultimate love of Christ that we see in the good news. Um, there are a tremendous amount of humanitarian type organizations or ministries uh, out of the United States and around the world, but what we have that is distinct is the greatest gift that is found in the good news in the gospel. And that is what is most exciting. While we're seeking to meet very real needs for hurting people, uh, it is a way of winning the right to be heard to share the ultimate good news with them. Brian, I think we're all looking forward to uh, seeing what uh, God does in uh, these next few weeks and months. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. I really do appreciate it. Well, glad to be a part of this and thank you for the time, Tony. If you'd like to give to help send relief to those affected by the coronavirus pandemic, go to sendrelief.org slash COVID. If you'd like to learn more about how Gen Send is helping young people like Lexi match up their careers with opportunities for ministry, go to sendrelief.org slash Gen Send. That's G-E-N-S-E-N-D.
We'll continue telling stories of how believers are meeting needs and sharing the gospel in this age of coronavirus. But on our next episode, in advance of Mother's Day, we'll tell the very unusual story of a very unusual mother and the very unusual ways she's taking care of children in her community. I had a talk with God and everybody was telling me, girl, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. I said, well, you know what? God told me to do this and that's why I'm doing it. That's next time on Stories of Hope. And finally, if you'd like to hear more stories like these, you can subscribe to the Stories of Hope podcast. When you do so, you'll automatically get a new episode whenever one is released. Go to Apple or Spotify podcasts and search for Stories of Hope. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Stories of Hope.